Welcome to the crux of investing in finance, everybody. My name is Jay, and thank you for joining me. I just want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means a lot to me. If you haven't already, please follow our Instagram at Investonomics Education and our Facebook page at Investonomics. So please sit back, relax, and I hope you can learn something new. Before we dive in today, I just want to say that this is a primarily video-based show. So for to get the full experience, you should go to Investonomics YouTube channel, like and subscribe to the channel, and you can follow the video there for a nice visual representation of what I'm going to be talking about. Welcome back to the channel, everybody, and this week's topic is on fractional reserve banking. Fractional reserve banking is the central banking system that most developed countries in most of the world abide by, and it has become the means of central banking standard across the globe. So what is fractional reserve banking? This is the big question. So in the simplest terms, it's when commercial banks accept deposits from the general public. And this is usually through individual account holders when they deposit money into their checking or savings accounts. And this is any kind of deposit whatsoever by people or businesses alike of which a certain proportion cannot be lent out or invested, but rather actually has to be held as cash or various other liquid assets. Some of these include CDs or certificates of deposit, stocks or bonds, at the central bank or within individual banks at all times. Now the purpose of this is to avoid the potential danger to the banking system in times of panic and to avoid a possible liquidity squeeze. The reserve requirements are the dollar amounts, the minimum amounts, needed in reserves at all times as required by federal laws and of course this depends on the country. Most large banks and financial institutions hold more than the minimum requirement to exercise caution and to ensure strength in tough economic times and the excess reserves may also aid in protecting a bank's reputation in times of panic and this is because they are less likely to go under or struggle to pay the amount that is needing to be withdrawn. So now how does it aid in avoiding liquidity squeezes? So the reserves are intended to cover regular volumes of client withdrawals so any significant bank run situation which is the situation where people panic and rush to empty their bank accounts, hence being a run on the bank. This would require interbank lending or bank-to-bank -bank lending to cover liquidity needs. As a last resort, the bank may also need to lend from the central bank in times of crisis if there's a serious shortage. The central bank, therefore, serves as the lender of last resort for all commercial banks. The deposits not held as reserves are lent out to borrowers at the bank, mainly small businesses and credit card holders for instance, and this serves as a great proportion of revenues for a bank since they lend it out many times over and earn interest on this, and it is up to 10x leveraged from time to time. 
the credit side, utilizing deposits is one of the main avenues with which banks make money. So this is really important so that they only have a fractional amount, not the full amount held in cash. The reserves are generally speaking smaller in size than the total deposit liabilities of the bank. And this increases the money supply overall since the loans that are lent out are essentially printed like with, like with mortgages, for example. So you have that they're actually printing this money in order to make the loan themselves. Fractional reserve banking allows the money supply to grow beyond the monetary base that's supplied by the central bank. And this is a huge part of the banking system. The central banking authority also requires capital adequacy ratios, as they're called, that aid in determining each bank's eligibility and ability to remain solvent in economic crises. And these are very important and they're done at various stages in the year. So there's simulations done that utilize previous crisis data and bank run data. And this is used to determine the most effective and best ratios to avoid insolvency of banks to hold as a standard. If these ratios can't be maintained by a bank or a financial institution, they're required to hold a larger amount of reserves at the central bank. So for instance, if it was 13%, they might need to hold 20% instead in case of that insolvency. So now we can take a look at the role of central banks in all of this. Historically, the first true central bank was the Bank of Amsterdam, which was actually established way back in 1609 which is quite a few hundred years ago. It mainly dealt with the system that utilized coins at the time, and goldsmiths were actually the first that saw that not everyone withdrew their coins at once, and so they took advantage of this and actually invested the coins in things called bills, which collected interest, much like bonds these days, and this yielded them a return or income from coins they didn't even own. They simply used the ones deposited at the bank. This created more bills and there was in coin reserves and created the fractional reserve, a banking system as we know it today. So the ability to service the issued loans and bills or notes sold to the public in times of panic and the bank run events actually caused many early banks in those times to collapse or fully default on their obligations. And that's again because of those notes or bills, much like bonds. These bank failures collectively served to paint a picture that pointed to the need for a central authority for each country. And of course, this is where central banking originated. Now, it's very important to establish that the Swedish Riksbank was the first central bank to formally adopt the fractional reserve system. And the reason I say this is because it required all commercial banks of Sweden to hold a certain amount of reserves and the specific assets were laid out that would suffice for these reserves. This is the modern system we know today. So now what about the future of fractional reserve banking? How does it look like? Fractional reserve banking has worked wonders for reducing systemic risk during bank runs and times of economic panic, which is exactly what we need. Now what fractional reserve banking also aided in is reducing the frequency and the severity of such events. 
and this is why it's still used to this day in many developed countries. The ideology and laws that have been pushing people to switch from the traditional banking system over to cryptocurrency stems from the notion that cash deposits at a bank are legally considered property of the bank and not your property anymore. So when you actually deposit your money at the bank, it is technically not your money anymore. So you then actually own the deposit receipt of a number in a checking account, but the bank legally owns your funds. Interestingly, this actually shows up as a liability on the bank's balance sheet, so it does show that they owe you money. This idea, however, doesn't sit well with some people, for which decentralized money sounds much better. They own their money, and no centralized authority can touch it, nonetheless have control over it. Since banks can lend out multiples of the reserves they hold, this creates certain levels of systemic risk for liquidity shortage events, and again, this can be an issue. They may need to lend from other banks, as we mentioned before, or even the central bank to meet liquidity requirements, and of course this leads to inflation over the long term. This also means that if a bank run event is severe enough, there is a chance you won't be able to access your money at all or take any of it out. Is that a risk you're willing to take? And I'll see you guys next week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating on here. It means a lot to me. And make sure to write a little review, either what we can improve or what you liked. That helps us out a bunch. I'll see you guys next time.